You are listening to the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast, the number one podcast for moms just like you, raising an autistic child. How are moms like us who didn't plan for this unique parenting journey embracing life just as it is right now, instead of staying stuck in wishing, hoping, and dreaming it was different? That is the question, and this podcast, along with our Let's Talk Autism newsletter and our private sisterhood, will give you the answers. My name is Shannon Urquiola, and I have been traveling this journey for over two decades. I have been where you are. All right, stay with me, and let's get on to this week's episode. Episode 112, Special Education Edition. Well, hey there, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. As always, you know, I am super grateful that you are here today with me to spend some time with me. So today I want to talk about a few things that have come up recently inside of our community that are important for you to know and understand if your child or children are in the public school system. And Most of you know that before I started Not Your Average Autism Mom, I spent over a decade in special education advocacy. So every so often, I just like to do a podcast episode that takes me back there. You know, when I decided to start Not Your Average Autism Mom, there was a lot of thought and um, a lot of things that went into it. But, um, you know, when I was deciding what it was that I wanted to create. And I won't get into all of that right now, but while I knew that I did not want to build another advocacy company exclusively, I knew that understanding special education and what your child's rights are when it comes to their education was such an important part of this autism parenting journey. And that it had to be a piece of the puzzle that I was putting together for Not Your Average Autism Mom. And you know, it's funny. I remember back when I first began to learn about special education. All I could think about was that I wanted more moms like me to know this information. I remember thinking how so many children were not getting what they really needed on their IEPs. And there were so many families so many moms just like I was who were, you know, were taking no for an answer all because we didn't know any different. And I can't tell you how many moms I have since worked with through the years who through many tears have thanked me for helping them get their child the services and accommodations they need to be successful because they had been told no for so long. But here is what I want you to know. You don't know what you don't know. So don't beat yourself up. Just make a decision of what you're going to do to move forward. What if you just plan to learn something today that you didn't know yesterday? Because I promise you those little lessons, those small things add up to big things over time. Give yourself the credit you deserve. Nothing about this journey is easy. And listen, Jordan is 26. I still learn every single day. I just did a training on 
how important it is that we continue to learn into adulthood. So just do yourself a favor. Don't ever stop learning. So on in today's episode, I'm going to talk about two things. Number one, placement decisions and least restrictive environment or LRE and prior written notice. Both of these as they pertain to special education. So let me start by saying that if your child qualifies for special education services in the public school system, it does not mean that they cannot be in a general education setting. I promise you, I've had so many parents through the years that were scared to even get their child evaluated because they didn't want them to be in a self-contained classroom. IDEA does not allow removal from an age-appropriate classroom just because your child needs modifications or qualifies for special education. So I like to say that ahead of time because that's just one of the many misconceptions about special education is that parents think that if their child qualifies for special education, they will have to be in a self-contained classroom. And that is just simply not true. So let me say that a child's placement in general education classroom is always the first placement that should be considered. When your IEP team, which includes you, is determining placement, the primary goal is that the student has the maximum opportunity to learn with children who do not have disabilities. And that is in academic, non-academic, and extracurricular activities. This is what IDEA calls least restrictive environment, or you may have heard it referred to as LRE. Always remember, what is least restrictive for one student may not be least restrictive for another student. It's not a one size fits all when it comes to placement, just like an IEP. It is individual and it has nothing to do with the category of eligibility on their IEP. That's really important because that's another just big misconception. And if you're new to us, or if you haven't listened to our past episodes on special education, I definitely recommend that you go back. Um, episode 79 is really good. Episode 73, that's clearing up the confusion on the category of eligibility. That's important. Um, and episode 27 is just an overview of special education things that you should know. All three of those episodes you will find very helpful, as well as, you know, scroll through. We have a ton of other ones that are very topic specific based on, you know, kind of where you are in your child's journey. So IDEA recognizes that for a child with a disability to be educated in the general education setting, they may need supports. So then the question becomes, can they learn in the general education setting with the appropriate aids and services. If the IEP team determines that their needs can be met in the general education setting with, you know, supports that, then that becomes the least 
restrictive environment for the child. That's always where you want to start. Now, we get a lot of questions about what are supplemental aids and services. So I just want to touch on that really quick before I move on. Supplementary aids and services can be accommodations. They can be the manner in which the curriculum is delivered, how the student's progress is measured. They can also include direct services for the student or training for the staff that works with your child. And remember, the entire purpose of an IEP is that it is an individualized education plan to what your child needs. So the supplementary aids and services are just like the IEP are going to be individualized to what your child needs. And there are a lot of things that your team should consider when you talk about that. You know, do they need specialized equipment, right? Do they need an AAC device? Does the staff need training on the device? Do you need training on the device? Are there people, are there other staff members throughout the school who may need training on the device? That is all available through the supplemental aids and services that will be included on the IEP. Do they need extra time to complete assignments, extra breaks throughout the day? Do they need to sit close to the front of the class or closer to the teachers so they're not easily distracted? Do they need to have, you know, an extra Chromebook or an extra, you know, set of books at home? Do they need to use specific apps, speech to text or text to speech? Do they need copies of notes to be provided to them? Because listening and taking notes at the same time negatively impacts their ability to learn, right? All of these things are things that should be considered. Another thing to know is that when a child has supplementary aids and services on their IEP, they are intended to be utilized in all settings where the student is going to engage in learning, development, and interaction. The school is responsible for providing what the IEP team determines that the student needs in all of those settings, okay? So, you know, um, AAC device, they don't just use it in the classroom. They, that is their voice. They need to take it with them everywhere. And I've, I'm not going to get off on that rant, but I'm just saying that when they have one of those aids and services, it needs to be available to them in all settings throughout the school. And these are just a few things to be considered when deciding whether a student can be successful in the general ed classroom, because with the supports, if their needs can be met, again, that would be the least restrictive environment. Their placement needs to be considered annually for their IEP. And it should always, and I want you to lean in and listen here, because this is really important. Placement should always be the last thing the team considers after determining what the student needs to be successful in their education. The placement should never be the first decision. The student's needs drive the placement decision. So those should always be developed in the IEP prior to determining placement. Now, under IDEA, Removing a child with a disability from the regular educational environment should only occur if the nature or severity of the disability is such 
that education in the regular gen ed setting with the appropriate aids and services cannot be achieved successfully. So what does that mean? That means that we need to think about other settings, right? Other settings to be considered if the general ed classroom, you know, with the supplementary aids and services is not appropriate, right? So what are some other settings? Um, it might be a co-taught classroom. It might be a separate self-contained classroom that, you know, offers smaller teacher to student ratios. It might be a special school, right? That, that, identifies specifically to autism. Some states have scholarship programs available that help families choose a separate school that might be a better setting for your child. Um, it might be home and hospital instruction. You know, those are some of the other options. And it's important to know here too, that it doesn't have to be an either or, right? It doesn't have to be gen ed or self-contained. It might be a percentage of time in one placement and a percentage of time in another placement. And that is okay. Many children who are in a self-contained or a co-taught classroom often go to, you know, specials like art or PE or lunch with their non-disabled peers. That is very common. So what if you don't agree with the placement decision? What can you do? It's outlined in IDEA procedural safeguards that if you don't agree with a placement decision, you can request mediation, you can file a due process case, and in many states, you can file a state complaint. Unfortunately, what I will tell you, and this is the reason that for us, we are so big on, we want to have a collaborative relationship with the school. We want to make sure that everyone has our child's best interest in mind. Unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. But what I want you to know is, you know, unfortunately, all of those options of what you can do if you don't agree, you know, like mediation, filing a due process case, state complaint, unfortunately, they all take your time your effort, and many times a significant financial investment on your part. But if you feel the placement recommendation is not appropriate, it is super important that you consider what all of your options are. So the other thing, the next thing I want to roll right into is prior written notice, what it is and why you might want one. So during your child's educational path, there may be times when the school makes decisions about your child's education that you don't agree with. When this happens, you have the right to request what is called a prior written notice. And this is a written communication from the school outlining its decisions and the reasons for their decisions. And it's important that this is very specific. So you want to make sure that that prior written notice outlines exactly what was, you know, not agreed on or was agreed on, whatever it is, but it needs to be specific and it needs to be in language that, you know, a third grader would understand. 
So this could be if they want to do something or they're refusing to do something, which, you know, could include evaluating your child, changing their category of eligibility, changing their placement, or changing the way they're being provided FAPE, right? Free appropriate public education, which covers a wide range of things that I don't have time to go into today, but there's a lot of things that that covers if they're not doing something or they're doing something that you don't agree with. Now, the school is supposed to always provide this automatically, but I can tell you in all my years of experience, that rarely happens. If you want the prior written notice, we always recommend that you request it in writing. Prior written notice letters are always beneficial for you to have if you end up pursuing mediation, a state complaint, or a due process, because it outlines exactly what the school said they would or would not do. Now, for our Not Your Average Autism moms, I know that inside the uh, member portal, there's a sample prior written notice request letter in the member portal under the educational resources. So you can find that there. But um, these are just a couple things that have come up over the last few weeks that I feel, felt like were important that I wanted you to know about and understand a little bit more. So I hope this, um, you know, special education edition has been insightful. And as always, I hope that you're leaving with something that you did not know before you joined me. And hey, listen, Thursday next week is Thanksgiving for all of us here in the United States who celebrate. So there will not be a new episode next Thursday. But listen, that's the perfect time for you to go back to some of our earliest pot earlier podcast episodes and you know just scroll through and look for specific topics that might be helpful for where you are in your journey right now. You know, there might be one that you might not even realize that you need to listen to. And I hope that you find it very helpful. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas are the only two weeks during the year that I don't generally do podcasts because we will be taking the week off next week to spend it with our families and our loved ones. And I hope that all of you who celebrate do the same. And for everyone else, have an amazing week. And for all of you, remember, above all, you, Mama, are doing amazing at this mom thing. Hey, so if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, I want to invite you to check out our Not Your Average Autism Mom community. That is where we dive deeper into all the topics we discuss on the podcast and where you get individual help and learn coaching tools that will make your life better every day. When you become Not Your Average Autism Mom, you take on an identity with an incredible community of women across the globe, all raising autistic children who all show up to show the world they are not your average autism mom. It's my favorite place to be. So head on over to the website at www.notyouraverageautismmom.com to find out all the details. And if we're not open for new members right now, be sure to join the waitlist so that you'll be the first to know when we do open. We hope you do. We'd love to work with you inside.